things are not going very well at all in Israel. When you look at the way that the Biden administration has gone about treating the entire situation between Palestine and Israel right now, what you're seeing is a return, a return to the old way of doing foreign policy, a way, by the way, that never worked. It never has worked and it never will work. That is why we must show and achieve peace through strength. That is the ultimate key. I'll be getting into that and many more things as well. I'm William Hall and this is The William Hall Show. All right, welcome back to the show. So I'm going to kind of go over a little bit about what's going on in Israel right now uh, against Palestine and just a general idea of what's happening. I'm not an expert in foreign policy. However, we can see a very stark contrast between the way that Trump handled situations and the way that Biden is handling these situations. So we've had several years of relative peace, actually, between or specifically in Israel over the last few years. And that kind of all went up in flames, literally with the last week or two. And so what basically took place is that you had Hamas, the Islamic terrorist group that was uh, supposedly, they were elected to represent Palestine Arabs in 2006. And they were firing rockets into Tel Aviv. Uh, and then obviously Israel had to retaliate and they did so by killing two Hamas intelligence leaders. And uh, the, the idea here is that the violence isn't showing any specific signs of stopping. But the key is that Trump had a relative peace going on in Israel. And a lot of people have taken that for granted, I, I believe, when you really look at the situations that are going on. So on August 13th of last year, Israel and the United Arab Emirates signed onto the Abraham Accords, the first public normalization of relations between an Arab state and Israel since statements made by Jordan in 1994 and in Egypt in 1979. The Trump administration negotiated the deal, which was signed on the South Lawn of the White House, and uh, Bahrain also signed onto the agreement about a month later. So the point here is that Trump actually received a Nobel Peace Prize for these achievements here. It's something that was unprecedented in our lifetimes or for people that have been closely watching and monitoring this situation. But what you wound up with is a situation now where Biden has entirely reversed all of that. So John Kerry, by the way, he was one of the people that was handling this a while back before Trump. And, and the point is that, you know, Kerry and his idea behind this was that he was supposed to be or he was seeking peace to really appease the enemies or the specifically the Palestinians in this situation. And what Trump was doing is that he was going to defend our allies. That's the real overarching point here is that Trump was specifically concerned about defending Israel and showing strength through that and punishing people that did anything against Israel. And he made it very clear as well. So in 2020, if you recall, President Trump also responded to an Iran-backed attack of the U.S. Assembly in Baghdad by killing Iran's top general, Qasem Soleimani. So because of that reason, they could see, hey, this Trump guy is being serious. He knows exactly what he's talking about. This is a big deal here. So Trump basically achieved peace through strength by showing that, hey, look, if you attack Israel, you're going to have us to deal with. But what we're seeing now is that Biden has gone in the complete opposite direction. 
And it's often stated that insanity is trying something over and over and over again, expecting a different result. But what you're seeing here is that Biden has returned us to the old way of dealing with foreign policy, and that has failed us time and time again in the past. It's failing us right now, and it will continue to fail us in the future. So if you're watching this situation fairly closely, expect more explosions, expect more unrest in that area because Biden and his foreign policy has always been horribly bad. He's been wrong on every foreign policy decision he's ever made uh, under even Obama. And it's clear now as well that he's going to be extremely horrible on it today. It's just another situation where Biden and the administration has failed. And we, we kind of told you so. We knew that this was going to happen. So as many of you have already probably figured out by now, especially if you are in some of these southern, specific southern states like Florida, uh, you've noticed that the gas prices and the gas availability have not been great over the last few days. Now, this was all because of the colonial pipeline that was shut down. It was hacked with some kind of ransomware where they are no longer or were no longer able to produce any more oil that would be used to produce gasoline and be sent to these different stations and refineries and whatnot. So this caused a massive shortage. Now, we have to keep in mind here that most of that shortage was realistically probably due to panic. Just people overbuying gas, filling up ridiculously huge <laughs> containers of gas. But that is still something that needs to be taken into consideration with all of this. So this was all, like I said, because of the forced closure leading to gas shortages along the pipeline route from New Jersey to Texas. Now, the Colonial Pipeline announced on Wednesday that it had begun to restart its operations and that gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel began flowing through the pipeline again around 5 p.m. Eastern time. It will still be several days before the product delivery returns to normal, obviously. Now, in this situation, what we have to look at here is that there was a cyber attack, like I said, that forced closure of this pipeline. It was a 5,500-mile-long 5, pipeline, which moves more than 100 million gallons of fuel from Texas to New Jersey every single day. And nearly 50% of the fuel consumed on the East Coast. So, obviously, a major deal. But, like I said, people were buying this stuff in droves after they heard about the pipeline closing down. And what you wound up with is a situation very similar to toilet paper last year where everybody just overspends. It wasn't the fact that toilet paper wasn't being produced as much. It was the idea that everybody went out of their way to go and start buying it all of a sudden. And that caused a shortage and everybody started to panic. So this was a ransomware attack. And if you're not familiar with that, it, it, it basically means that somebody took over the computer systems of whatever it is you're doing. Some people just normally get hit with ransomware attacks where you're locked out of your computer, you're locked away from your files, and then you'll get something uh, like a message on the computer that'll say, you need to send us $5,000 to be able to unlock your files and get access back to your computer. Now, in every situation I've talked to anybody about, that is a, always a horrible idea, never do it, never give them the money. Well, that's actually what happened here. We actually have a report now that the Colonial Pipeline paid the hackers nearly $5 million to get access back to their system. Now, I understand that it's not great, but that's not a good idea. This is a very, very, very bad idea that they are implementing here. And Trump has said as much as well. When you bend the knee to these people, these hackers, what winds up happening is that the situation becomes worse. They do it more. They don't want, they're not going to stop here. Now that they know that they can just strain, push, you know, a few of the strain, give us a little bit of a strain on gas for a few days, all of a sudden they get $5 million. 
So how many more times do you think this is going to get hacked with different methods and different companies, different pipelines that they're going to do this to because they know they can get paid to do it? And even if that was the case, it's never going to be enough. And it's going to continue to happen because they have decided not to even bother with it. And, and we have to keep that in mind here as well. Now, they probably could have reset the entire system, I would imagine. That's usually what happens when you get ransomware on your normal computer is that you just have to delete everything and just restart over from scratch. But either way, giving them the $5 million is probably the worst situation that could have happened out of this, believe it or not, because they're just it, it's the perfect incentive. They got what they wanted, and it's the perfect incentive for them to keep doing it. So this probably won't be the last time that we see a gas shortage or something else that we need being hacked and limited. And then all it takes is just to put a little bit of strain on society. Everyone goes crazy for a few days and then boom, they get paid their money. So I don't think this is going to be the last situation. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Biden has been absolutely terrible with the economy. He's been bad when it comes down to the taxes. He's been bad when it comes down to businesses and reopening and just about everything in that situation. And I reported on the unemployment being higher than they ever expected for it to be last week. But we also have this new report now showing that inflation has skyrocketed, which is something that I also talked about before, because what you're seeing here is that prices of goods are starting to skyrocket. They're starting to go up and people are going to very soon be in a panic over that as well. So inflation accelerated at its fastest pace in more than 12 years for April. As the U.S. economic recovery kicked into gear, the energy prices jumped higher. The Consumer Price Index, which measures a basket of goods as well as energy and housing costs, rose 4.2% from a year ago, compared to the Dow Jones estimate for a 3.6 increase. Once again, Biden's been terrible with this. Because this is his direct fault here. As I talked about last week, people have no incentive to work. They have no incentive to make any kind of money outside of what's in the government for some people. And that, and they're perfectly fine with that, just sitting on it. And the problem is, is that prices are going to wind up going up on things. That's what happens when you do this. Now, the U.S. producer price surged for the month of April at twice the rate that economic analysts had forecasted. The Producer Price Index, or PPI, is the Bureau of Labor Statistics um, measurement that the average price changes by producers for domestically manufactured goods and services. So the PPI for final demand increased 0.6% in April. And on an, uh, on an unadjusted basis, the final demand index moved up 6.2% for the 12-month ended in April. And the largest advance since 12-month data was calculated in November 2010. So it's been a long time since we've seen this kind of cost of not only goods, but cost to produce said goods as well. What you're going to start seeing is that products are going to become too expensive for a lot of people to afford regularly. And what happens is that when products and this inflation continue to go up and climb up and climb up and climb up, is that a recession happens because then people can't afford to live. They can't afford to eat and to do things because everything costs too much. But also what you're seeing is that when you look at the price of the production going up as well, is that this is no just a big incentive for companies to move out of the con country, go somewhere else, outsource their stuff, just like they were doing before Trump came in office. If you remember, Trump brought this up all the time. I brought jobs back to America. They took them away. They came back under me. Well, he wasn't lying. That was absolutely the case because those jobs were needed here. And Obama 
with his terrible policy, did the same thing that Joe Biden is doing right now, where you had the prices of goods very high. And a lot of companies say, you know what, it's not worth us making products right now in the United States, so we're going to go ship this operation somewhere else entirely. We're no longer going to rely on the United States because it's too much money to produce it, and the cost of goods is too high, etc. And especially when you're looking at situations right now where people aren't able to work or aren't incentivized to work. So a lot of companies are even having trouble finding people to work. There's a lot of factors that play into this, but you have Biden saying the exact opposite. He's oftentimes saying we're on the right track. We're not. We're not on the right track at all. There's it's almost it's really hard to screw this up because all Joe Biden really had to do was basically nothing. If he did nothing, the economy was going to start soaring back simply because off the back of what Trump did. But because he's deciding to put in all of this extra stuff and try to fund all of these things that don't need to be funded or make any sense to be funded and continuing to try and keep everything closed as much as he can, that's causing now for the situation to be worse. All he had to do is basically nothing, but obviously he can't do that, of course. That's, that's too much, for, too easy for Joe Biden to do. So before I get into the next part of what's going on here, just a quick reminder that I do have a Patreon page where you can d directly donate to the show. And also please remember to leave a review if you're listening to this on Apple podcast, Steven Crowder gets banned from YouTube again. I mean, he really cannot catch a break because over and over and over again, YouTube continues to ban, suppress, demonetize his channel over and over again. And as I mentioned before, this is going to continue to happen, not only, not only to him, but other YouTubers that are telling you the truth. Other YouTubers that are being honest with you. If they're actually telling you their actual feelings on and specifics on situations that are going on right now and not filtering it or self-censoring themselves, what you're going to see is that a lot of them are going to deal with some form of censorship to some degree. Now, YouTube made a statement about this. Now, this is all in reference to the Makai Bryant shooting that I've talked extensively about on the show as well. And they, the, the YouTube statement it literally itself said, in particular, this video violated the aspect of the policy that prohibits content reveling in or mocking the death or serious in injury of an identifiable individual. So what they're basically talking about here, from what I can tell, is that they're mad that Crowder felt like the shooting of Makai Bryant was justified. That's what they're mad about. Now, I watched a, I watched a lot of Crowder stuff. I saw what he was saying on this, and I think the thing that they very well may be really upset about is where he said that he would be upset if the cop didn't shoot Makai Bryant in this situation because she was trying to stab and kill another girl. I think that might be where they are really upset about that. But once again, nobody cares about what that other girl that she was trying to stab has to say about the situation because I'm pretty sure they're, she's glad they shot her as well so that she'd actually have her life today, which she does. That's something that we need to take into consideration. But they're so mad that Crowder has the profile that he has and yet is talking about the truth, talking about the facts of the situation, the, the situations of actually caring about the life of that other girl that the that Makai was trying to stab. That's very important to know. If you're looking at controversial things that other people have said, I don't find that controversial at all. Because really, all it is is the absolute truth. The cop, in his own justification, had to look at it and say, I'm going to save the life of this other girl. It's the same thing the mainstream media was going to ignore. They never ran that headline. I don't think I ever saw it. But if they were being... Even remotely honest, that's what they would say. But because they didn't, the Democrats didn't, people, you know, the blue check marks on Twitter didn't, because they didn't do it, they didn't care about it, 
And they only looked at it as being unjustified no matter what. We have LeBron James talking his nonsense all the time. What winds up happening is that YouTube Alliance right there with them. And they feel that by saying that it was justified, that it should have happened, that all of a sudden, it's wrong. You should have your entire channel stricken from the internet, take it away. They, they, they have two hard strikes now, so one more, and the channel's completely gone. Honestly, they should go to Rumble. They need to go somewhere else to have some other alternatives, because YouTube's not going to tolerate a channel that big, which is obviously the biggest conservative channel on YouTube, and refuse to allow them to have a channel there. They're, they need to have some other options here. Rumble's a great alternative as well as I'm on there also. So there's this army advertisement or commercial, I guess you could say, that's supposed to be trying to, well, as a commercial would suggest, get people to want to actually join the army. This is the story of a soldier who operates your nation's Patriot Missile Defense Systems. It begins in California, with a little girl raised by two moms. Although I had a fairly typical childhood, took ballet, played violin, I also marched for equality. I like to think I've been defending freedom from an early age. When I was six years old, one of my moms had an accident that left her paralyzed. Doctors said she might never walk again, but she tapped into my family's pride to get back on her feet, eventually standing at the altar to marry my other mom. With such powerful role models, I finished high school at the top of my class and then attended UC Davis, where I joined a sorority full of other strong women. But as graduation approached, I began feeling like I'd been handed so much in life, a sorority girl stereotype. Sure, I'd spent my life around inspiring women, but what had I really achieved on my own? One of my sorority sisters was studying abroad in Italy. Another was climbing Mount Everest. I needed my own adventures, my own challenge. And after meeting with an army recruiter, I found it. A way to prove my inner strength and maybe shatter some stereotypes along the way. I'm U.S. Army Corporal Emma Malone Lord, and I answered my calling. All right, so when I first saw this, um, honestly, I think the first thing that really comes to mind here is, who is this commercial intended for? Really? I mean, I have the honest question here. Who is this commercial supposed to be for? Because it surely can't be for women. Because I think most women would see this and be pretty turned off by it and say, what in the world is this? Like, why would I want to join into this kind of thing? But really, I think what this is, is to appease the maybe the male feminists, maybe the people that are the radical left on Twitter to make them feel good about it. But the thing is, is that the people on the left don't even like 
the army. They don't like anything about the military whatsoever. I mean, for years under Obama, it was underfunded over and over again. And now we have this happening with this woke stuff, and it's absolutely ridiculous. This shouldn't be a thing that's happening at all, but yet we have to talk about her two moms, and let's just go on about all of this. There was actually a comment I saw from a veteran that said, I'm so embarrassed right now to be a, a veteran that it's honestly surprising. And I don't blame them. I don't blame them because could you imagine being serious, taking a job seriously, and then all of a sudden you have somebody in some ridiculous commercial come out talking about their two moms and how woke they are and busting stereotypes and everything else like that. Could you imagine the people that gave their lives for this country watching this stuff? The thing is that, look, you can be a woman, you want to join the army, that's on you. We can have a totally different discussion about the metrics to get in or the requirements to get in, but that's on another, that's another story for another day. But really what we're talking about here is that this video, this commercial has nothing to do with the army or why somebody should want to join the army or why the army exists. The people that have lost their lives doing this, the people that are veterans that have worked hard and years dedicated to protecting the freedom of this country deserve the praise that they have, that they get. And these types of commercials only take away from that because they're not even on point to what's actually taking place. These commercials are terrible. They're literally talking about things that have nothing to do with the army at all. This shouldn't be your reasoning of joining the army. Nobody cares that you have two moms. Nobody cares what you did in high school. Nobody cares that you were a part of a sorority. You're not going to get anybody to do this that way. You're not. They're just trying to make it as woke as possible because they want more woke people to join the army. But like I said, the people that are that woke don't like the army. They don't like wars. They don't like any of this stuff at all. They never have. They didn't like him before. They're not going to like him now. All it's doing is making other countries laugh at us knowing that we have these kinds of commercials going around where you can't even take the actual thing seriously at all. That's the problem that you have with these commercials this way. It's not much different than the CIA commercial where they have to talk about this woman being so woke herself and everything. We're just seeing more and more government agencies and the military, things that should be objectively apolitical, going in a completely political path. How that's going to work for them, I don't think it's going to work well because you have countries that have to be laughing at us now. They have to be. I would. I'm laughing at it because it's ridiculous. This isn't what the army is about. That's not what it's supposed to be. And anybody that served any time in the army or knows anybody that did knows that this kind of stuff is just an embarrassment to the work that they put in, the, the stuff that they fought for. It's That's just not the real, real reason why you should be joining the army at all. And if anybody joins the army based off of this commercial, we're done. Like, we're done. Everybody should just go ahead and laugh at us because that's basically what we deserve. There is this viral video. It's uh, showcasing a black woman that is talking about critical race theory being taught in schools. In the words of Martin Luther King Jr., I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Now I have a dream that we will implement love, not hate, or supporting another Jim Crow's agenda. CRT is not an honest dialogue. It is a tactic that was used by Hitler and the Ku Klux Klan on slavery very many years ago to dumb down my ancestors so we could not think for ourselves. CRT is racist. It is abusive. It discriminates against one's color. Let me educate you. An honest dialogue does not impress, oppress. An honest dialogue does not implement hatred or injustice. It's to communicate with deceiving, 
without deceiving people. Today, we don't need your agreement. We want action in the backbone for what we asked for today, to ban CRT. We don't want your political advertisement to divide our children or belittle them. Think twice before you indoctrinate such racist theories. You cannot tell me what is or is not racist. Look at me. I had to come down here today to tell you to your face that we are coming together and we are strong. This will not be the last. Greet and meet, respectfully. And this is awesome to see. This black woman denouncing critical race theory, that's what she means by CRT for short, because it is a ridiculously racist ideology that they're teaching these students and these kids. And notice how she brought up MLK as well. I'll tell you right now, if MLK was alive today, he would be canceled by the left. I mean, am I the only one surprised that he hasn't gotten canceled by the blue check marks on Twitter, by the Democrats, by the, the radical left? Because everything that he believed in had nothing to do with what they're practicing today. I, I'm honestly seeing a lot more of them siding with the Malcolm X kind of ideology behind this, especially when you look at the riots and whatnot. But none of what the left is doing today has any alignment whatsoever with MLK. And I've made a post about this before where I said if, if MLK was alive today, they'd be calling him, calling him an Uncle Tom. They'd be calling him all the names in the book, all the normal things that you would see them call black people that don't agree with him. Because they want to hearken this guy as being the greatest thing ever, but at the same time, everything they do is entirely the opposite of what he would have been doing then, what he would especially be doing now. And if you look at MLK's family members that are alive today, like a vast majority of them are very, very, very conservative and have nothing to do with all this nonsense going on with BLM and critical race theory today. The, the thing is that the, the intent behind these teachings in school is to indoctrinate kids as early as possible. They don't want to let there be any chance that they would possibly grow up thinking that we live in a fairly equal society. They don't want to believe that whatsoever. They want it to be embedded in them that the United States is a racist country and always has been a racist country, that it never has been anything but that and never will be anything but that because that's the way that it is. And if you teach this stuff to five-year-olds, what you're really doing is basically causing them to be set up from a very early age, feeling like they are born racist, that they are born with this privilege that is innate, that there's nothing they can do to get rid of it. And then when they get older, how do you think they're going to vote? If they still believe it, how do you think they're going to vote? Because it's instilled in them from a very early age. That's why you can't allow this stuff to happen. You really can't. The fact is, is that the elitist, the far-left Democrats, those people, sure, yeah, they support critical race theory. But the people, the parents, the, the normal people with common sense, they don't support this. I don't think the vast majority of people, right or left, that have any common sense at all would support this. And, and I, this lady proves that it's not just white people, it's black people too. It's absurdity. And I think we can really start using MLK's quotes directly against them at this point because they don't align with anything MLK believed in. They want to go back to segregation as well. There's nothing different. So speaking of critical race theory, on the last show I talked about Disney. They were posting this training for employees that focused on this and telling their employees that we must fight to achieve equity, not equality. Forget that equality stuff. We need the equality of outcomes, the, the end result of things, if you will. It's this kind of idea of saying, you know, and, and really it's, it's contrary to everything that everyone believes in general when you have a general good idea of what and how this world works. But 
it also is very contradictory now thinking about this to even Christianity in and of itself. Because when you look at the Bible and you look at the judgment that God has towards us and understanding that, you know, there's this grace that we, that, that God bestows with us and, and allows us to, and, and give, has grace on us in the things that we do, because we obviously all fall short of the glory of God. When you really look at things like that, it really kind of reminds you a little bit, or, or if we look at this critical race theory and, and this idea of, of equity and equality and understanding exactly why Christians can't stand for these ideologies. Why anybody else that is even remotely religious can't stand for these ideologies is because the Bible is an, is the objective truth. It's there's the same metric for everybody to get into heaven. It is literally the same across the board, and that's what I mean by actual equality. It means that. No matter where you're at in your life or no matter where I'm at in my life, we all have the same things that we need to do to in order to get to heaven. There, there's these certain requirements to believe. Maybe it's to be baptized and all of these extra things that goes into that. But it's this living your life in a certain way. And all of these things are literally expected of everybody. There's nobody that walks into the church and says, yeah, I want to go to heaven. I like that idea. But but can you, can you allow me to just keep living the way that I'm living right now and just disregard all this God stuff and just go to heaven for like with a free pass. That's what equal or equality of outcomes means. It means that all of these people get to go to heaven that literally denied God day in and day out, no matter what they didn't care. That's what they're trying to do is Democrats are trying to change the rules. They're trying to make it inherently unequal. And, and we would call that unequal. If it didn't matter if you lived your life for God or not, then what would be the point? Do you see what I'm saying here? And that's why, even as Christians, this is contrary to what we believe in a general sense of the world. And this isn't to say that we shouldn't help people or that we shouldn't assist people. The Bible talks regularly about helping the poor, things like that. Of course we should help people. That's a part of doing good in this world today. But what we're seeing here is the system saying, you know what, we're not, we don't want there to be this equality. We don't want it to happen. I think anybody with any common sense knows that it is impossible to achieve perfect anything on this earth. Perfect equality, perfect equity, none of it's possible. It's literally impossible. But we're better off trying to form some kind of general, realistic, first-in-line equality than we are trying to affect the outcomes of everything else in the end. And that's why that training was so ridiculous, because it literally openly admitted we don't want equality at all. And that's the insane part of this. And of course, now they've changed course. They've taken that information completely off of their site. It's gone. That page is gone. And I think it's because they're embarrassed about it. They really are. Because all of a sudden, they didn't expect it to happen, obviously. But all of a sudden, everybody knew about what Disney was teaching their employees. All of a sudden. And they had no choice but to say, oops, better remove that. Now, I don't think that's going to change what they teach, I don't think that's going to drastically say, okay, we're not going to do this with our employees anymore. They just probably are just taking it offline and left it at that. But it is something that we need to be looking into and people need to be rejecting this every time we see it. Doesn't matter where it is. Doesn't matter who it is. We need to reject this kind of stuff. Black high school students are being offered a black graduation, a blacks only graduation, essentially. And this is new in line. This is another thing that they're trying to pull right now to say that it's 
this great idea when in reality it's just segregation and they're covering up for what it really is. So we have this new report here showing, and it says parents in Beaverton, Oregon received a district email announcing that a local organization, the Beaverton Black Parent Union, this is already a bad idea because you already have a union set up by black people only, but it says along with the Black Student Union would be offering a district-wide black student graduation ceremony. According to the email, the event will be open to any senior student in districts who identifies as black, including African-American, Afro-Latino, African, or mixed-race black. So, by the way, does that include, since they're talking about identifying as black, does that mean that it's okay if a white student just walks up in there and says, hey, technically I identify as black, so should I be able to do this? I mean, if a man can identify as a woman and a woman can identify as a man, what is really the difference there? And, of course, they will look at them like they're crazy, right? This is what happens when you buy into this crazy left-wing stuff, okay? That's what That's the logical conclusion. But it goes on and says the black student graduation ceremony is not intended to replace the mainstream graduation and no diplomas will be rewarded. Um, rather, the event is intended to be a supplemental celebration. This is neo-segregationist ideology at work here. What we're seeing is, is this new age segregation policy and idea of people thinking that it's really that almost like that separate but equal type of idea that we had years and years ago where back then somebody else was saying that you need to segregate but now the left has literally tricked black people into segregating themselves think about that for a second we live in a day and age where people are being so woke and trying to be so progressive by the way that they are and have gotten black people and other races to segregate themselves because Apparently, that's what's important. Now, they're not the only ones, apparently. So, Harvard University made headlines in recent years for creating a separate commencement ceremony for black students. And then, according to the Washington Examiner, over 75 colleges are holding black-only graduation ceremonies. So, this isn't anything specifically new. It's something that's definitely practiced in different places, or a decent amount of them. But what we're once again seeing is this idea that through the progressive ideology, this woke thing, now they say, you know what, we need to be separate. I mean, think about how hard the black people during slavery and shortly after slavery had fought to get everybody together, to get everybody to a point where we could, where black people could be right there with white people doing the same thing in every way. And now we live in a time where they have entirely gone the opposite direction, where they're saying, you know, what, we want to go back to that. It's like they're viewing, we don't want the slavery part, but, but we want to go back to that part where we were segregated, where there was a whites only or a blacks only section. That's what we want. Because we're so woke, because we're so concerned and we're telling white people that they're inherently racist. Now, whether they are or they're not, we're just telling them that and we, they must believe what we're saying. They must, we, we must, they, or they must bow the knee to us. We do that in every way. And, and that way now we are segregating ourselves we must stay separate from them in order for us to achieve greatness or to just show that it's such a great achievement that we just need to have our own event where we feel so safe talking about our own race our own stupid skin color that means absolutely nothing all because it's in the name of progressivism and the idea for some reason that amongst the left that you must find this thing about you that's so special, whether that's your skin color or what sex you are or what you want to identify as or the troubles you've had. You see it over and over again. 
this victim mentality, this victim mentality, making them think that they need to have their own black graduation for some reason. This isn't helping anybody. If you want people to achieve greatness, just put them out there and let them achieve greatness. You don't need to be separating everybody by men, women, and color and everything else. But that's what this ideology represents. It makes it okay. And it has these own groups so tricked that they're willing to do it themselves, that they're willing to literally separate themselves away from other people of other races because that's what they want to do. But unfortunately for them, this isn't the real, that's not the real world. You going around and covering yourself up from other races and what's actually happening out there in the world today isn't the real world. It never will be. And thank goodness it won't be. Hopefully it won't be that way. But either way, people need to wake up to this kind of stuff. This shouldn't be happening in colleges whatsoever. People need to pay attention to what is happening here. Because none of these features about somebody being black or anything else like that are important to one's who they are, what they do. It's not important to yourself. It shouldn't be. You don't need to be a victim about it. it. Just just live your life. Achieve things. Do well for yourself. You don't need to go through the paces of all of this talking about race and everything else. But with that being said, I thank you for listening or watching this show. And I will see you on the next one.